You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Wednesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and on today's episode, we're doing a lot of basketball talk. I know we got an Iowa game versus Indiana tomorrow evening, but on today's show, we're doing a little bit of a look forward. What can Iowa do this season? Talking a little bit about some schedule predictions, also predicting some of the Big Ten teams, and then wrapping up with a little wrestling talk. That is all on the show today. If you love the show, if you listened to the show before and you haven't already done this, please make sure to subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast. At. Give us that five-star review if you love it. Let us know what you love about it. And also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also got a few comments about potentially having a YouTube channel, especially for our guest appearance. I think that is a great idea, and I will also be working on that as well. Any suggestions for how I can improve your experience listening to the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast? Definitely let me know. But let's get into the conversation talking about this men's basketball team. It is my favorite topic as of late because they are on fire. But let's start with the NCAA tournament because that's the thing that we all are thinking about is Iowa's opportunity to make it to a Final Four. The NCAA tournament has officially announced what their dates are going to be. So let's break that down real quick. First and foremost, it's important to note that this is all going to be played in Indianapolis. So every single game is going to be in Indianapolis. It allows for the NCAA tournament to be compressed a little bit and also provide basically a bubble-like scenario for all the teams that are going to be in the NCAA tournament. And as we talked about yesterday, Joe Lenardi and the Bracketology has Iowa as a number one seed. They also have them on the Gonzaga side of the bracket. So they would be the fourth number one seed at this point. But again, as we see them play more games there's a chance for them to continue to move on up and we're going to talk about what that schedule looks like here in just a moment but as far as the NCAA tournament goes the first round games are taking place March 19th and 20th Friday and Saturday the second round games are on Sunday and Monday March 21st and 22nd so again as you remembered in the previous years we've seen the NCAA tournament start on Thursday Friday and then have Saturday and Sunday for the second round games. So instead of taking off Thursday, you might want to take off Friday and Monday, especially if Iowa gets playing on either of those days. The Sweet 16 is five days later on March 27th and March 28th. The Elite Eight is just one day later, the 29th and the 30th, and the Final Four is taking place April 3rd and 5th at Lucas Oil Stadium. And again, this is important because Iowa has a very good chance of making the deepest run they've made in decades. That's how good this team is. And I want to talk about that specifically with this schedule. Because right now, when you look at Ken Palm, and we talked about Ken Palm yesterday and where Iowa is currently ranking, but Ken Palm thinks quite highly of our Iowa Hawkeyes. They are ranked third, according to Ken Palm. They are first in adjusted offensive efficiency. They are 69th in adjusted defensive efficiency. And right now, Ken Palm has them technically winning every single remaining game on their schedule, but they have their record projected at 20-5 and and 14-4 and in the conference. So they are expecting three more losses for the Hawks, but they are not able to clearly pinpoint which one they feel like is going to be a loss because they truly believe in a one-game setting, Iowa can win all these games, and I couldn't agree more. But let's look at a few of these games. So on their schedule remaining, we have Indiana, 
followed by Illinois. All this, again, is is definitely a little bit variable because we could see some schedule changes if the Big Ten decides to actually be um, willing to be flexible. But we'll start with Indiana. We get Illinois on the road, Ohio State at home on February 4th, Indiana on the road February 7th, Rutgers February 10th, Wednesday at home, Michigan State on the road on the 13th, Wisconsin on the road on the 18th. That is going to be a tough five-game stretch, or a five-day stretch, I should say. We get Penn State at home on the 21st. Got to love yourself some love yourself some Penn State there, eh? Um, Ohio State on the 28th is going to be on the road, Michigan on the road on the 4th, and then wrapping up with Wisconsin at home. When I look at that schedule... Here's what I think could happen. And when we talk about potential losses, I think it's important to know that, again, any given day, the Big Ten is tough. Iowa can lose any one of these games. They also should win every single one of these games, right? So they should be favored in every single one of these games, but they could very much lose any single one of these games. There is no easy game on the schedule except for Nebraska, which unfortunately got postponed, and we'll see when that gets scheduled. But I look at this, I think Indiana is a win for Iowa. Um, At home, I'm going to basically take Iowa almost every time at home. Illinois on the road, this could be Iowa's toughest test. But here's why it might not be. Illinois has not been the Illinois that every Twitter-happy Illinois fan has proclaimed them to be. They have been playing sloppy. They do not force a lot of turnovers. And Io DeSomu has struggled also turning the ball over sometimes. So there is some opportunity there as well. And they do not have that home court advantage in Champaign as we have seen them have in the past. So that road game is not as difficult, especially when you're not traveling that long of a distance to get there. However, Illinois could be a loss. I'm projecting that to be possibly the one loss, one of the losses on Iowa's schedule. Ohio State at home, I believe Ohio State is a win for Iowa. On the road at Indiana, it'll be interesting to see how Indiana matches up tomorrow evening against Iowa, but I think Iowa should be able to win at Assembly Hall against Indiana. At home versus Rutgers, that's a win. On the road versus Michigan State, I believe that will be a win. The next game, Wisconsin, February 18th. That is an interesting one because Wisconsin's offense, it might be ranked highly according to Kempom, but I'm not impressed with what they do. They don't drive very well to the basket for the most part. Most of their players cannot drive very well to the basket. We'll talk to Asher Lowe about this when we get to that point. But their defense is pretty suffocating, but I think Iowa's offense overcomes that defense, and they beat Wisconsin both times this season. Penn State should be a win at home. Michigan... On the road, though, March 4th will be a very tough test for Iowa, especially considering they have who should be the freshman of the year in Hunter Dickinson. He is going to be a tough battle for Luka Garza at 7'1", 255 pounds. Luka Garza is going to have a tough day going against him. As we've seen with Luka, though, I firmly believe he's going to put that freshman in his place. But Michigan and Illinois, those are the easy ones. I completely agree. If I had to pick one sleeper game that I'm worried about in this entire season, it would be Michigan State on the road or Rutgers at home on the 10th. Rutgers just plays Iowa very strong. Defensively, they do exactly what Iowa doesn't like. They get in passing lanes. They're long. They're tall. They're willing to disrupt play, and they play very physical basketball, which is, you know, Iowa's a very resilient team. They're willing to play physical basketball, but it does disrupt some shooting when you are getting that physicality from them. And then Michigan State on the road, it, it just always been so tough to go to East Lansing and play at Michigan State, regardless of whether or not they can have fans there. So those are the two sleeper picks for games I think Iowa could possibly lose. And then Illinois, and again, Michigan are the games where I feel like um, give Iowa the most trouble in this season. 
My projection is going to be 20 and 4. I think Iowa's going to lose two more games. I don't know which ones they are, as I said, but those are my predictions. 20 and, or sorry, 21 and 4, I should say. At this point, again, we could be adding a few more games if we get that Nebraska game rescheduled and we get that home game versus Michigan State rescheduled as well. So that's my predictions for this season at this point. Coming up on segment number two, we're going to get into the predictions of where Iowa basketball players could possibly fall in the all-conference mentions and also the all-american mentions that's all coming up on segment number two before we get into that though you know i got some great messages for you and this one's coming at you from built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar i have a couple favorite flavors they have 18 flavors my favorites though are cookies and cream mint brownie and a seasonal flavor called pumpkin chocolate chip but right now i have been on a mint brownie kick it has been so delicious i i love that mint taste they also had a seasonal flavor peppermint chocolate bark i believe it was and holy hell that was also awesome these bars though not only are they delicious but they're also healthy for you but back to the taste 100 covered in chocolate soft and easy to chew but let's get into that health piece because i know that's what you're looking for when you want a protein bar you want something that tastes good but also packs a punch in the health department and built bar delivers on both accounts one of my favorite flavors as i said was cookies and cream it comes in 17 or comes with 17 grams of protein 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. It's exactly what you need in a protein bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now, though, and use that promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, y'all, you know how much I love betting. We have a weekly segment covering betting. And if you want some additional information on how you should make your bets on non-Iowa sports, check out the Lockdown Bets podcast. 2020 is mercifully over, and it is time for a fresh start and probably a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Lockdown Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Lockdown Bets wherever you get your podcast at. And if I am a betting man, and I definitely am, I will be betting on a few of these Iowa Hawkeyes to get some postseason love. We'll talk to betonline.ag, see if we can get them, get some odds up there for, you know, Big Ten All-Conference, Big Ten Player of the Year, all that kind of stuff, because my odds are on Iowa getting a lot of those awards. Let's get the easy one out of the way, though. Luka Garza should be the National Player of the Year. He will be the Big Ten Player of the Year. Right now, he's ranked first, according to Ken Palm, in National Player of the Year rankings. We're not going to focus our time on Luka because it is a foregone conclusion, in my mind at least, that he will be National Player of the Year and Big Ten Player of the Year. Where it gets interesting is some of these other guys. Joe Wieskamp, CJ Frederick, Jordan Bohannon, and Keegan Murray, and Patrick McCaffrey. And you're going to be questioning, why Patrick McCaffrey? But I will tell you why in just a second. But let's first start with Joey's camp, who I believe will get second team all Big Ten this year. Listen to his stat line. 15th in the Big Ten in points per game, 42% shooting from three, 17th in rebounds per game at 6.3, 20th in field goal percentage, 18th in steals per game. He is a do-it-all player, and unfortunately he doesn't get the same love because Luka Garza is here. So personally, I think he will be second team all Big Ten. I could see him being third team all Big Ten. It's kind of a stretch getting him on that second team. He's going to need some big games down the stretch. He's going to need to take over a few games like we haven't seen him do yet to this point. But I believe he could be second team all Big Ten in my personal opinion. Jordan Bohannon is a very interesting case because if you want to talk about guys you want on your team, 
Jordan Bohannon has to be at the top of that list at all times. But when you talk about purely from a who is the best players in this conference, it's tough to sometimes point at Jordan Bohannon. But let me try to make a case for why he should at least get third team all Big Ten. 19th in the conference in three-point shooting percentage. That is only going to rise as he has been quite hot. Fourth in the Big Ten in assists per game. And his assist to turnover ratio is higher than everyone in the top 31 people in terms of assists besides Connor McCaffrey and C.J. Frederick. That's pretty darn impressive. So three Iowa Hawkeyes in that top 31 in terms of assists. All three lead in terms of assist to turnover ratio. He is 38th in points per game with a 10.5. When you look at his offensive box plus minus, he is 10th in the Big Ten, 6th in offensive rating in the Big Ten, and 84th in offensive rating in Kempom. Those are the kind of numbers that gets you at least third team. And again, the impact he has in a game. A team might come down and they score a huge basket. Jordan Bohannon gets out in transition, pops a three from five feet back. That is that is something that doesn't show up in the box score because that is a deflating shot that destroys the momentum of an opposing team. A team might be going on a 10-0 run, and Jordan Bohannon is the guy who makes that shot that, stop, that stops that run. So I personally believe he will get third-team All-Big Ten. That's my belief at this point. TJ Frederick, he is an interesting case because in a if he were the focal point of this offense, I believe he has first-team All-Big Ten caliber potential. But given the fact that he is... Arguably the fourth option on this team, he's going to get honorable mention in my opinion. 19th in the Big Ten in field goal percentage, 4th in 3-point percentage at 51%. Luka also, by the way, is 5th in 3-point percentage, so very, very impressive from our big man down low. And CJ Frederick is 11th in offensive rating in the entire country according to Kempom. So his impact is huge. It's huge on the Hawks. We know how big of a deal he is. Also, one of our best on-ball defenders. We haven't seen it that well as of late, but still a very, very formidable defender at that wing position. CJ Frederick, though, in my opinion, is going to get honorable mention. But let's think about how much that speaks to how well this team is designed that we... And I'm I'm getting a little high. I'm getting I'm shooting a little high here as far as where these people could be at, right? So Joe Wieskamp is second team, probably more realistically third team. Jordan Bohannon, probably third team. CJ Frederick, I would say honorable mention. That's not a lot of players. I mean, that's that's four of your five starters, but again, for the one of the top teams in the entire country, you would potentially expect one or two guys in the first team, one or two guys in the second team. That's what you would expect, but that's how incredible this team is, how deep this team is. So outside of those guys, I don't think Connor McCaffrey is going to get love from a postseason standpoint, and that's understandable. He's not a big statistic guy. He is the glue guy, but that doesn't show up in terms of all-conference nominations. But I talked about Keegan Murray and Patrick McCaffrey, and when I talked to Hawkeye Elvis, he felt like Keegan, Keegan Murray should be one of the top top guys for freshman of the year. And I don't disagree with that at all. However, he will not be freshman of the year. That is undoubtedly going to go to Hunter Dickinson, who is basically Michigan's version of our Caitlin Clark. Hunter Dickinson has won freshman of the week awards in more than 50% of the games. So it is, it, it's no surprise to me that he would be the freshman of the year. But I do think Keegan Murray has an opportunity in two different teams. Now, I'm going to explain that here in just a second, but I believe he could be on the all-freshman team, which clearly makes sense. His impact has been amazing. But I also believe he could possibly be in the running for sixth man of the year. And let me make the case for why. We all know from an Iowa Hawkeye perspective what he brings to the table off the bench every single game with his hustle, with his energy. 
But when you look at it from a national perspective, from a Big Ten conference perspective, his numbers just begin to add up. I also think he could be in the running for defensive or all defensive team as well. As far as that goes, though, 12th in blocks per game out of those 12 in, or out of the 11 in front of him, only one person has less personal fouls than Keegan Murray. So he's being efficient with his blocks. 37th in the conference in rebounds per game at 4.5. Again, for a bench player, that is impressive. 12th in steals per game at 1.21. 11.9 box plus minus. That would rank him fourth among all Big Ten players. That is super impressive for a six-man. I truly think he should be one of the top three candidates for six-man of the year. He will be on the all-freshman team. I think he could be um, potentially you know, an all-defense type of guy in the future as well. Now, the last person I want to talk about is Patrick McCaffrey, who I believe also could be on the all-freshman team. However, statistically speaking, it is an upward battle for him. But what he also does on the court, I think, is to a lesser extent similar to what Keegan Murray does. He brings that energy. He's willing to attack the basket. He gets the defense out of position, and he's able to find the open guy, and he's also able to hit and knock down three-point shots as well, just like Keegan Murray can. So I truly believe Patrick McCaffrey also could be in the running for the all-freshman team. In my opinion, no one besides Hunter Dickinson has really elevated their game or elevated their team um, besides a guy like Patrick McCaffrey and Keegan Murray, both of whom are very large reasons why Iowa can sub in their bench players and go on a run against some of the middle of the pack teams in the Big Ten, like a Maryland or a Rutgers, where we saw both those guys lead that team alongside Joe Toussaint and Jack Nunji. So that is my personal thoughts on who and uh, who could possibly be winning some postseason awards. I do think Luca Garza is the only guy who is going to obtain All-American awards and obviously National Player of the Year awards. The other guys are going to be basically you know, going to the, the All-Conference awards. That is what they are going to be getting from a postseason award type of standpoint. Coming up on segment number three, we're going to wrap up with what does this lineup look like next year? Who could possibly be leaving? Will Joe Wieskamp be gone? We'll talk all about that on segment number three and then wrap up with the probable lineups for Iowa versus Minnesota taking place this Friday evening. That'll all be coming up in just a few short seconds. But as you know, I always got some messages for you, messages of you know things that I use all the time, such as betonline.ag. Y'all know that I do enjoy placing some money on some teams. I enjoy putting some money in my pocket as well, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that I personally trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Get in the game. There are so many sporting events taking place right now. There is college basketball. There's NHL. There's the NBA. We got the NFL playoffs. Put some money in your pocket by making some bets on these games. And if you don't want to bet on sports, uh, they also have political bets. So if you want to bet on something that's going to happen in the political landscape, you can do that as well. BetOnline.ag has odds for almost anything you can imagine and we're working on getting some odds in there for wrestling and for women's basketball as well so right now sign up today at betonline.ag for your free account do not sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action and use that promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts 
Wednesdays on Locked On NFL take a dive into the future of your favorite NFL franchises. Tony Wiggins and James Rapian are joined every week by a Locked On draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and young NFL players fresh in the league. Did your team have a big rookie performance this week, or are they shaping up to have a premier draft pick in the 2021 draft? Get everything you need Wednesdays on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast at. All right, y'all, it is our third and our final segment of the day. And as I told you before, we took a quick break. I want to talk about the draft prospects for these Iowa Hawkeyes in the basketball sphere. Before I get into that, though, just a reminder that we are going to be previewing the Iowa-Indiana game tomorrow. And I'm going to be joined by an Indiana insider, Jack Grossman. So make sure to tune into that episode tomorrow morning as we talk about the Iowa-Indiana basketball game. But as far as the NBA draft goes, technically... Everyone has the opportunity to return this upcoming year. It is fair game. They are allowed to come back for another year. However, that will not be the case in my personal opinion. So what does that mean? Well, right now, I would say there's three possibilities for leaving or for departures from an Iowa Hawkeye basketball standpoint that doesn't include transfer portals. And I honestly don't believe I don't feel like there's going to be any transfers, but again, we're always surprised by a few, but you know, a couple years ago, we saw Macy Daly leave. I, that was actually pretty expected. We saw his minutes decreasing. He was also getting a little bit older. Uh, Cordell Pemsel, you could see he was going to transfer because his minutes were going to be decreasing. I don't see that with this team. The backups are getting a lot of playing time. The younger guys came in knowing they were going to be sitting for a year or two. So you expect them to kind of have that understanding. But from an NBA draft perspective or just a departure perspective, Luka Garza is gone. In my opinion, I do not see any way, shape, or form that he returns, especially after seeing what he is doing from a you know playing perspective this year, improving in so many facets of his game, continuing to improve on the glass, also continuing to improve shooting downtown. What NBA team isn't going to want to have a six foot eleven guy who is so creative in getting to the glass and putting up shots and has such an amazing touch, but also can drop back and shoot a three? Now, I don't think Luka Garza is going to be a top pick by any means, but coming into this season, he was projected as a mid-second round pick. I think the time is now. He was looking at going to the NBA last year. I think the time is now after the season. He is going to want to make that jump to the NBA or possibly the Euro Leagues where he has had big time offers coming his way. Jordan Bohannon, I also think will leave. Now, I don't think Jordan Bohannon has an NBA future, but I do believe Jordan Bohannon is going to look at it and say, I've been in Iowa for this amount of time. I'm ready to take the next step in my career. And I think there's going to be a spot for him potentially overseas shooting threes like he does all the time. Now, that's just my personal opinion. I'll be interested to see what does happen to him because he does have a phenomenal stroke shooting the three, but I don't think he is going to be returning. Now, the question mark, though, is Joe Wieskamp and whether or not Joe Wieskamp stays because he has flirted with the NBA in the past. I know he has NBA aspirations. Is he doing enough at Iowa to earn or garner NBA looks? Definitely. But is it enough to get him drafted? I honestly don't know. And if you're not going to be drafted, why would you leave? That's just my personal opinion. I think if Jordan Bohannon leaves and Luka Garza leaves, 
that makes this Joe Wieskamp's team. That gives him an opportunity to be the guy and show NBA teams that he can shoot in volume as as he did in high school, but shoot in volume and be that guy that Iowa can turn to. I personally think that Joe Wieskamp will return. That is just my thought. That is just my my prediction at this point. Let me know what your thoughts are as well. That is what I think is going to happen, though. And that basically gives us what could potentially be a starting lineup of Connor McCaffrey, C.J. Frederick, Joe Wieskamp, Jack Nungy. And, and I think, in my opinion, it would probably be either Joe Toussaint or Patrick McCaffrey. So I think, and it really depends on what Iowa wants to do, but I, I think you'd want to play maybe Joe Toussaint in that starting lineup, or you want to play Patrick McCaffrey, depending on what teams are going to be giving to you. But that isn't a lot of size. You're playing a lot of small ball there, but that allows Iowa to bring some size off the bench with Josh Ogundelli and still have a creative lineup with Keegan Murray coming off the bench. I know people are probably thinking, why wouldn't we have Keegan Murray in the starting lineup? Look at what Nicholas Bayer did off the bench his entire career. That, to me, is Keegan Murray, but I think Keegan Murray has the potential to be significantly better than Nicholas Bayer, and that's tough to say because Nicholas Bayer was phenomenal at his role, but I do think Keegan Murray, at least for another year, fits more perfectly in that sixth man off the bench role. But that's just my thoughts on what that lineup could look like. Obviously, we have a lot of time to talk about that. Just wanted to get a little creative with today's episode and talk about the future and what could possibly happen after this season. We also have the men's or the wrestling squad taking on Minnesota, so let's go through those potential lineups. We have a good matchup at 125 between co-player or co-Big Ten player of the weeks between number one Spencer Lee and number nine Patrick McKee. At 133, we have Austin DeSanto versus Boo Dryden, number 20, ranked in the nation. At 141, we have what should be a relatively easy matchup for number one ranked Jaden Ironman versus unranked Marcus Polanco. At 149, number six Max Mirren versus number 19 Michael Blockus. At 157, number 7, Caleb Young versus number 6, Braden Lee. That is a matchup to watch out for. That will be a really fun one. One that could you know, definitely swing which way points go in this matchup. At 165, number 2, Alex Marinelli versus number 16, Andrew Sparks. At 174, I think we're going to get Michael Kimmer back, but... We could see Patrick Hendy if Iowa doesn't want to risk anything as far as injury goes. I know the long-term goal is to win an NCAA championship, and they want to win a team title. Wrestling Michael Kramer before you need to is not the wise choice there, especially going against Jake Aller of Minnesota, number 16 ranked. We saw Patrick Kennedy go up well against the number four ranked opponent at Nebraska. So we could see Patrick Kennedy again if they do not feel comfortable with Michael at 174. At number one, or at 184, we have number six, Nelson Brands, going up against number 19, Owen Webster. And at 197, Jacob Warner, number three ranked versus number 31, Garrett Joholis. I don't know how to say his last name. And finally, at 285 at heavyweight, this is... Probably the biggest matchup of the night. Number three, Tony Cassiope versus number one, Gable Stevenson. Cassiope has lost both times he's faced Stevenson. This is an opportunity to get revenge and solidify his place as a national title contender for Tony Cassiope. This battle takes place in Minneapolis at 8 p.m. Central Time on Friday, so make sure to tune into that. Watch your Iowa Hawkeye wrestling team on the Big Ten Network. It should be a fun battle. Minnesota ranked 15th in the nation. I expect this to be basically Iowa winning every single matchup except for one, possibly two, similar to what we saw against Nebraska. Again, I expect... Spencer Lee and Austin Asanto to do quick work early on, and Jaden Ironman if he does go. Depends on what Iowa thinks they want to do, but 
I think it could be a pretty quick start for the three of those guys at those lower weights. And then following up, we might see some switches later on at the weight classes, especially at number 174. Whether or not we see Michael or Patrick, that will remain to be seen. That does it for our show today. Just a reminder to tune in to tomorrow's episode as we break down the Iowa-Indiana game with a person who is inside the Indiana's you know scope they are an insider in Indiana Jack Grossman and um, we're going to have him on the show should be a lot of fun so check that out tomorrow morning thank you all for tuning in to today's episode have a fantastic Wednesday and as always let's go Hawks <laughs>